it's been way too long and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Followed by Hey guys. Martin. Welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives. Is Justin over in LA? We've got Mike over in London. What's up, my brother? Yo, yo, yo! This is a uh, pretty monumental episode today, for for better or worse. Yeah, yeah. You know, we have quite a quite an announcement to make, and it's not one that we want to be making. It's bittersweet, but it's also in the name of of good things. So, unfortunately, this is going to be for now at least, the last episode of the podcast. And Mike and I are both pretty, uh, still I think a bit like processing it because this is very recent news. Yeah. I mean, the long and the short of it, and Mike, I mean, if there's anything to expand on, you can you can do it. But like, essentially, obviously, you most of you know that Mike and I have day jobs outside of the pod. And Mike got an awesome opportunity with his job that is going to just have him crazily commuting between London and Belgium every single week, which just creates there is no extra time. So there's just we do not have time to do the pod right going forward. Yeah, that is fair. And, uh, you know, I think I think we want to say I mean, I don't want to, you know, cut you off here at all but i think we want to say we're going with hiatus i think we're calling this a hiatus we're, yes. we're definitely not saying the pod is done forever 100 percent. we we don't want it to be done forever so it's no. definitely a hiatus time will tell where thing what direction things go in the sense of will we be able to resume maybe there's just the occasional episode we don't really know what the landscape is yet so we're just announcing that as of this episode afterwards, we're going on a hiatus for now. And I think the one thing that we want to say before we start up with this episode, we don't want to get too sappy, but it really has been so far the greatest freaking experience. And, you know, besides getting to chat with Mike every week, which is, you know, that's honestly been the greatest part for me, probably reaching people that I never thought we'd reach strangers, friends, family, you know, we've made so many new friends because of the podcast, massive shouts to all of you. It's a little emotional, even though it, even though it is hopefully just a hiatus, but yeah, I mean, I think we, I don't know about you Tim, but I think we, we pushed it further than I ever thought, you know, I, I know we both went in with, with no real expectations, but we, I mean, we've, we've, I think we've done a lot, a lot more than I expected. I'll be honest. Same. I mean, I never going into it would have just like straight up expected that we'd even have like one person that would regularly listen every week, Yeah. let alone many. So yeah. it's been a true honor and a pleasure, my friend, saying that to you, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on our topic, our topic this week. It's very, uh, 
it's very on brand for Apropos, what's happening. I don't know what the <laughs> word is, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, top five vacation movies, because we're going on vacation, guys. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. A little vacation from the pod. Let's let's talk some vacation movies. We got to do it. So, I mean, I think it's absolutely self-explanatory. These are movies in which the plot revolves around people either going on, you know, going on some sort of vacation. Yeah, little trips. Little trips. So, top five vacation movies. We got to just jump in. Should I just start us off, Mike? Yeah, hit me. All right. At number five, I am going with. 2013's The Way Way Back. Okay, I'm so glad that you went here because I've still never seen it. And this was oh the one this God. was the one that I wanted to watch. This is the, we already hit the last lasting cut from my watch list this week. This was it. That is crazy. You must do it. Ah, oh, I love this freaking movie. It is like coming of age dramedy. We know we know, I love those movies. We've got Steve Carell, Tony Collette, Sam Rockwell, Allison Janney, uh, Maya Rudolph, Rob Corddry, Amanda Peet. It's it's written and directed by Nat Faxon and Jim Rash. Nat Faxon is awesome. If you ever watched uh, what's what's that show that was on Netflix that sadly got canceled that I fucking loved. It was um, it's Friends from College. Oh, okay, right, yeah. Yeah, he played Nick in that and was, like, so hilarious. But he's been in so many things. Anyways, he was one of the two guys that wrote and directed this. So, way, way back, it is about this 14-year-old named Duncan. Um, He goes on a summer vacation to this small town in Massachusetts near Cape Cod with his mom and her boyfriend and her boyfriend's daughter. And... It essentially is a coming of age about Duncan and him spending the summer at this local water park. And it's just such a great setting for this tale. And there's some really wonderful performances in here. I have to give an an epic shout out to Sam Rockwell, one of my favorite roles of his. Um, And it just hits you in all the proper, you know, places, really hits you in the heartstrings. And really has some life truths in here and just a really well done film. And it's just when I think vacation movies, this one's near the top of my list where maybe the whole film, it's not like a road movie in any sense because it's they spend the whole summer here, but it's just such a good fucking movie. And it's based around them taking this vacation. Yeah, as I said, um, I'm glad you have this because I still need to get to it. Um, I now have it downloaded on my phone, though. I'm going to watch it yes. very soon. And yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's here and can't can't wait to report back in some way once I watch it. I can't wait. Can't wait to get that report. Also, Nat Faxon, I, I love that he's killing it, but like his minor roles in Orange County and Club Dread absolutely oh slay me oh every time oh I watch God. them. Amazing. Like, I'm glad he's got such a career now, but like, yeah. When, whenever we did the MTV episode and I rewatched Orange County, it just absolutely tickled me. Dude, also, also in Beer Fest. Yeah, yeah, in Beer Fest too. Yeah, yep. I mean, incredible. He really wow. maximizes his screen time, that guy. He really does. Okay. Uh, my number five is I, you know, I felt like I wanted a movie like this on my list. And, and I, I, I think it's been selected one time in the past, but it's 
it's a movie that I just grew up loving. And on some level, I think maybe you had to be there because it was just a huge movie for people our age. Um, and I am talking about 2004's Euro Trip. I've got it higher. Okay, I am actually talking about. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. I've got it higher. <laughs> okay, I'm talking about um, Midnight in Paris. Okay. Okay. Just right. missed my list. Just okay. missed my list. All right. Uh, okay, on the fly. Midnight in Paris. Um, yeah, is you know they go to vacation in Paris. Obviously, any guesses on what year Midnight in Paris is? I was going to go with like 2007. It is. I think Midnight in Paris. My guess is 2011. I knew it was in in the tens. Um, but yeah, I mean Midnight in Paris is. It's really like I mean it's Owen Wilson and Rachel McAdams. You know, they're both just amazing um, in the rom com world. Of course, we got them in Wedding Crashers. They play off each other so well. Speaking of great on-screen chemistry. Great on-screen chemistry. Leah Seydoux, Marion Cotillard. I mean, there's so many great little performances in here. Um, but it's just, it, this movie really does, like, I think what some people get out of watching, like, kids' films or even, like, maybe, like, superhero movies, like, that sort of, like, magical feeling, like, this movie really gives it to me, you know? And it makes the city seem amazing and you get, you know, all these wonderful adventures with all these characters um, like Adrian Brody and his Dali character is like totally unforgettable. Oh my God. Um, and I just, yeah, this movie is just, uh, it's, it's um, um, incredibly watchable. I'll look it up now. It's, it's 94 minutes. It's just very breezy. Uh, Woody Allen's an awful, awful person. But uh, as I'm slotting in like a number seven pick here, I'm, I'm glad we got it onto the list. Midnight in Paris, fake number five. Incredible. Very glad you got on the list as well. Definitely in my honorable mentions, such a great film transports you to another place. And, uh, honestly, the one movie I thought we definitely were going to overlap on was Euro trip. So I'm glad that that in, in theory is true. Yes. Yes. But heading over to my number four, it's 2008's forgetting Sarah Marshall. Okay. All right. Easily my favorite movie on my list, but fourth in vacation movies because there are a few other films that I find to just be more iconic vacation movies. So forgetting Sarah Marshall in all time comedy in my eyes, it's just, it has everything I could ever love in a movie, in a movie. And just that Hawaiian backdrop is unbelievable. You know, it's obviously we have Jason Siegel in the, in the main role. We've got Kristen Bell, Mila Kunis, Russell Brand, We've got some great Paul Rudd, Jonah Hill, you know, Bill Hader uh, roles in there. There's just so many great people pop up in this. And it, of course, is about uh, Jason Siegel's character of Peter, who was the boyfriend of actress Sarah Marshall, played by Kristen Bell. And after she breaks up with him, he decides he's going to get over it by going on a nice little vacation by himself to Hawaii. And of course, once he gets there, she shows up with her new boyfriend played by Russell Brand and hijinks ensue. And it's just such a great both rom-com and just straight up raunchy comedy. It's got everything. And just that, again, that Hawaiian backdrop it all took place at this hotel um, that's there in real life in Oahu. 
and it's uh, it, it makes you want to get on the plane and go to Hawaii. Let's say that. Um, so completely agree with you that forgetting Sarah Marshall was gonna like it's. I like it more than some movies on my list, but it just wasn't the right vibe necessarily. Right. It's not like you don't think you don't watch Forgetting Sarah Marshall right away and think like, oh, this is a vacation movie. No, it's no. like a breakup movie. Yeah, it's exactly. hilarious. It exactly. takes place on vacation. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, the more movies I watch, the better this movie looks. I mean, the amount of like huge laughs and tiny laughs and the, just the sheer number of characters that are memorable from this and all so many little bits that are like. Oh no, the shit. <laughs> I was about to say the one dude where he loses his sandal and he's like, it's not like the evil one. It's just sort of the opposite. Like, I, like there's so many just like throwaway lines that are just unbelievable that stick with me today. Um, I don't remember if we talked about this in our theater experiences episode, but this movie, at least one of the times that we saw it, just absolutely slayed. Um, oh it's just so fun to be at. And still. Still my favorite, um, I'd say, of all the Apatow era. Me comedies. too. Me too. I'd, I'd go as far as to say if we did a top five comedies list, this would be on mine. It, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Just um, And I'm so, okay, this is, this is really working out. I'm so glad you've got these two on there. Can I move on to number four? Please. A decidedly different vibe. Um, honestly, you know, you had to know where this list was going at some point for me. Because when I think vacation, <laughs> uh, my list is going to get so weird now that I look at it. Uh, when I think vacation, I think 1972's Deliverance. <laughs> Here he is. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, Deliverance, uh, I think, you know, at this point, most people probably know what it is, but it's a star making performance for Burt Reynolds. Him and his buddies go on a little canoe trip for the weekend um, or start a canoe trip, let's say. And they, you know, uh, are laying some of the foundations of kind of Hick-based thriller horror movies. They have the dueling banjos scene in the beginning, but I think everybody knows even if they haven't seen the movie. And uh, yeah, some shit ensues. There's a really, really, I, I don't even know if infamous rape scene, um, which is something I normally like can't stand in movies. If there's anything I can't stand watching, it's that. But this movie is just, yeah, it's, it's really fucking intense. It's really just grimy. Um, and then it becomes this kind of like survival revenge thriller where, where Burt Reynolds is just the best. Um, you know, John Voight in there as well. Yep. And it's uh, this is one that it's still, you know, for, for 72, this one, was that 50 years ago? Holy Bro, shit. That's fucked up. Oh, how is that possible i don't know uh wow okay so for a movie that's now 50 years old i mean this one plays with some real fucking intensity still dude great pick classic mike pick too to just you know it it is vacation it's undeniably vacation a much darker vacation i hope you're bringing the fun vacation vibes now that i'm looking at the rest of my list i mostly am I'd say the only one that borders on not fun is my number three, which is coming up right now. Let's do it. Let's do it. You know, when you sent me the invite for this episode, you made a reference to my favorite actor of all time, the one and only Leonardo DiCaprio. And my number three is 2000's The Beach. It really was the beach. Oh, my God. It really was. (laughs) Okay. Wow. All right. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? 
I, I was trying to think when you were talking, like, is there another film that I missed that would have no. qualified? But I didn't know you were this. I mean, I know you're a big Danny Boyle guy, but OK, The Beach. Yes. So I'm a big Danny Boyle guy. He directed this. I'm a big Alex Garland guy. And Alex Garland wrote the novel The Beach, which is what was then adapted into this movie and the screenplay for this movie by Alex Garland. And... The Beach, the book, is my favorite book of all time, for anyone that would like to know that fun fact. I think it's fucking amazing. And I think that the movie adaptation is pretty damn good. It's not quite as good as the book, but it's pretty damn good. And it left quite an impression on young me when I was about 11 years old watching this. It, of course, popularized Maya Bay in Thailand, which is where the secret beach that Leo goes to is and has made it a tourist destination worldwide. I I feel lucky to say that I've been there and it was epic. And just like in the movie, there is the actual like the plankton that lights up at night in the water. It's so cool. But the beach, essentially, it's about Leonardo DiCaprio's character. He, you know, is in his 20s. And he is backpacking around Thailand. He's sort of, you know, searching for himself, trying to find something off the beaten path, like doesn't want to do all the tourist shit. And he's told about this secret like beach. That's this this beautiful sort of sanctuary, so to say. And with this little secret community he ends up making it over there and it is it's it seems to be the most you know epic hidden vacation spot of all time and things turn a little dark from there and i i won't give anything else away but uh it's a really fucking cool movie i think also moby's porcelain when that song plays in this movie it's like if you if you grew up in sort of the same time as Mike and me, I'm not going to say that like you had to know that song from this movie. But like if you liked this movie, that song was like went hand in hand with it. But yeah, this movie always, I think, is one of Leo's underrated gems and Boyle's underrated gems. I thought I think it got like a little bit of shit when it came out, like not shit. Like it was like yeah, yeah, mixed yeah, reviews, mixed reviews. Yeah. But I really like it. I think there's a lot to it under the surface. And Tilda Swinton's great in here, too. Underrated role for Robert Carlyle as well. Very underrated role for Robert Carlyle. Just a just a great little movie. And if you're one of those people that has thought about soul searching or going backpacking to find yourself or just, you know, you don't like the bullshit of society, I feel like this is a really interesting movie to watch. I agree. Um, Leo is incredible in it. I rewatched it recently, and it's like every time you watch like somewhat early Leo, you're just like, I don't understand how he could be this good this young. But he's it's such a rich performance. Um, really, really smart movie. I, I, especially in the first hour, I really like the way that it's told. Really cleverly, kind of setting up, you know, the different dynamics and tensions that are going to play out. I'm I'm a little bit less thrilled with kind of the last. 45 minutes where it goes rogue a bit. Not that I hate it, but like maybe that's not where I would love for it to go. But yeah, kind of one that gets forgotten in Leo, one that gets forgotten for Danny Boyle as well, I think. So I was, I mean, I think my reaction was pretty genuine. I was surprised that you have it up here, but um, it's, yeah, I'm glad you're plugging it. I, I had to. My, my main man, Leo, and my main man, Danny. And my main man, Alex Garland. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. Ooh, that new Alex Garland looks uh, creepy as shit. Oh my god, it's called uh, Men. I'm pumped. Yeah, me too. I'm pumped for anything that man puts out, whether Agreed. he's writing, directing, both. Oh. Okay, my number three is. I don't. I don't think this has ever been selected. I mean, let's be honest. If anyone was going to pick it, it was going to be me. Uh, and I think we've just talked around it a few times, and I'm glad to finally put it on a list. 2012's Spring Breakers. Oh, Spring Break! Spring Break! I just... <laughs> God, Spring Breakers is so fucking good. 38% Ooh. audience score. Good, good lord, you people. I don't know what else you want in a film. Uh, <laughs> I mean, written and directed by Harmony Kareen, who's kind of a crazy dude himself. You know, he wrote Kids and Gummo and, and The Beach Bum, which I still haven't seen yet, but I imagine is not going to be fantastic. But this is a... Wow. Okay. It's about like four college girls and they go to sp- on spring break where they meet up with uh, James Franco, who's like a rapper slash like drug dealer slash general criminal. And his rival is Gucci Mane. And they, um, and they, yeah, they just sort of like become part of this like crime world with various consequences. And this is just, I, I don't know. This is like, it's. I think it's a really f- like effective satire, personally, and I find it to be relatively insightful. But it's also just like kind of an acid dream the entire time. I mean, here's here's three things that I read about this film just today when pulling oh like God. various quotes from Wikipedia. Um, if Michael Mann was to take a lot of hallucinogenics and shoot a girl's gone wild video, uh, it might look something like this: uh, Scarface meets Britney Spears. And also a Terrence Malick directed Girls Gone Wild video. So I don't know what else to say. Like if that doesn't convince you to watch a film, I mean, that's that's basically everything for me. Uh, soundtrack's great. So cool that um, uh, Selena Gomez and Vanessa Hudgens are in it. Yeah, it's just, it's, this is, this to me is like the films that I get excited about. What a theater experience this was back in the day now that I'm thinking about it. I didn't see it in theaters. I'm I'm oh, so I'm so upset that I did it. Dude. Unreal. Franco Franco at his best. Franco honestly is incredible in this. He really uh, obviously is. we don't think he's a very good dude, but like he's no, we don't. He's so fucking good in this. I mean it's it's a it's a wild ride. That is for sure. Such a wild ride. It's a shame he's not a good dude because some of his acting is is very fun. Anyhow, great number three. Spring break forever, which brings us to number two, 2004 Zero Trip. Oh, okay, brilliant. There it is. I mean, <clears throat> when I think of vacation movies, there's two movies I immediately think of, and this is one of them. It's just, I can't believe it stood this test of time. Like, when I first saw this movie and when it first was coming out, like, I remember being like, oh, yeah, like, this was a really fun movie. Like, it was fun. Like, but there's not really, like, anyone that famous in it outside of of course the greatest cameo of all time matt damon consensus greatest cameo of all time literally consensus being the lead singer of the band lustra in the film to perform scotty doesn't know maybe the greatest movie song of all time definitely up there but everyone else it's like there's like we know these people like there's there's michelle trachtenberg's in it jacob pitts um, the lead is Scott. I, I don't want to butcher his last name, but Scott Mecklowitz. I think it's Mecklowitz. Yeah. And he's probably the least, least well-known of anybody in it really. Agreed. Anyways, the, the long and the short of it is that 
Scott Mecklowitz, who plays Scott Thomas in the film, he gets dumped by his girlfriend and him and his friends decide to embark on this crazy Euro trip. And it's, yeah, I mean, a hilarious sex comedy ensues. Yes, absolutely hilarious sex comedy ensues. You know, it came out obviously in the height of all these type of films coming out. The American Pies had already started. Um, Road Trip had happened. I believe Van Wilder had already happened. So it was, you know, at the sort of at the absolute height of all these. And so it was fun then. Somehow, almost 20 years later, a lot of us that grew up at the time still talk about it. And one of the most quotable lines of all time, this isn't where I parked my car. Absolutely incredible. Incredible. Uh, one of the many lines that can be quoted from this movie. Yep. Um, and I will say, I'm not sure if this plays the same if you didn't grow up with it. Agreed. I think, uh, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's great soundtrack as well. We talked about, we talked about uh, Matt Damon, but Lucy Lawless has a great role. Oh Vinnie God, Jones yes. has a great role. Fred Armisen has a great role. I mean, it hits all the storylines you want from both a vacation movie and kind of a sex comedy. And and there's so many, you know, so many locations and, and characters like like the robot fight. You know what I mean? Like you just and, and I get to, you know, I get to travel around Europe quite a bit. And most things remind me of Eurotrip. I'm not going to lie. And it's just it's it's another one with like little small lines, too. You know, like you said, park my car, which is a great one. But like, you know, even just when they, when they like end up in uh, Bratislava, it's just like, <laughs> oh, no. We're in Eastern Europe. <laughs> like, it just absolutely kills me. Um, I'm I'm so glad you have it this high because, and you really hit it right in the very beginning. When I think of vacation movies, this is an absolute must on my list. Must if if I'm thinking yeah, but and not just vacation. If I ever think of of like a European vacation, this is the only movie that's going to come to mind for me. Like immediately, exactly. exactly. And. I'm so glad you sh you gave shouts to those epic Lucy Lawless and Vinnie Jones like small roles because they're so good. Vinnie Jones might be my favorite role ever of his, even though it's pretty small. Like it's so outrageous. Dude, and just the the my baby takes the morning train. He works from nine to five and then he takes another home again to find me watching the Manchester United football team, the best team in all the land. Woohoo! Pretty damn good, lads. <laughs> Dude, that is oh my god. And and the, like and even in the outtakes where he's just like just on the like he's clearly just been told like beep the horn on this bus to just say shit. It's just Beautiful stream of consciousness, Vinny Vinny Jones. Oh my god! Um, and I've been—I uh, mean, oh, this entire movie also filmed in Prague. So your favorite city? My favorite city ever. So there's wow. that. Wow. Okay. Eurotrip. Go fucking Eurotrip. see it if you've never seen it. Fun as fuck. Sex comedy. Okay. My number two is probably it's it's definitely not the second best vacation movie of all time. But that's why I like what we do, because it just happens to be one of my favorites. Another film like Euro Trip that I've really sort of grown up with and I think means something to me more than maybe it would somebody else. 
Um, and that is 2002's Cabin Fever. Oh my God. What a fucking shout. Could have went with Cabin in the Woods here. Went with Cabin Fever. Cabin in the Woods is definitely on my honorable mentions. Dude, what a cut with Cabin Fever. Well, and it's funny that you even say it like that, because this was one that like, this was an instant cult movie. Like it yes. wasn't supposed to do anything and you just got the vibe. And like basically for the last 20 years, it's just been like talking to people. It's like, oh shit, you like Cabin Fever? All right. And it's just, you know, it, it's... As I'm saying with Cabin in the Woods, this is sort of paying homage to that genre. I think this probably would have been the first one that I've seen. I definitely didn't see this before, like Evil Dead, for example. But it's, you know, it has that kind of funny college party sort of sex vibe as well yep. um, in, in, in some dark humor. It's got, uh, you know, Ryder Strong, Sean Hunter, Big Boy's World, Big Boy's World guy here. Shout out to Infinity. But Jordan Ladd and Joey Kern and a couple other actors that you would know. Eli Roth is in it himself for a bit. And also directs. And, and also directs, obviously, yeah. And um, I always remember the ending in this film. It's it's such a great little poetic ending. They they nail the um, sort of must must in it, in one of these movies where they just pull over for supplies. And, of course, the store they go to is incredibly creepy. Um, they drop an end bomb, which is like super surprising and crazy. Um, but then it's, yeah, I mean, it's just one that I think this is like incredibly rewatchable. It, this is one that's, whenever it's come on the last 20 years, I stick around to watch. Um, and I think it's a really interesting movie. And it's, yeah, it's not even the best of the Cabin in the Woods movies, obviously, but probably the one that's uh, maybe my favorite just because it's stuck with me for so long. Did great pick and all like i have this insane forever tie to this movie because my first like long job in la when i worked in film distribution my one of my two bosses susan jackson who isn't with us anymore rest in peace she was one of the executive producers for cabin fever oh shit yeah so she was like super had a lot of pride for cabin fever because that was like one of her biggest hits and so, yeah, big, big shout out to to Susan and her legacy. But Cabin Fever is dope, man. And what is your number one? Wow. Moment of truth. You know what, Mike? Sometimes you just hit it right on the nose. And sometimes there's just one movie that really is just the ultimate vacation movie. And for me, it's 1983's National Lampoon's vacation i mean it's it's a very solid choice hard to deny it's just amazing like it's it's our introduction and and in my opinion by far the best offering about the griswold family but it's about the griswold family going on a cross-country road trip to drive to wally world the theme park in california of course we have you know chevy chase beverly d'angelo We've got Randy Quaid, of course, his cousin Eddie. We've got Anthony Michael Hall. We've got Eugene Levy even in there in a small role. John Candy for a second. We've got some 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 legends in here. But I just don't know what there is to say about this movie that hasn't been said. It has everything. It has the road trip aspect. It has literally it is called vacation. It's, you know, a family going on a vacation. It's hysterical. It, it stands the test of time. Of course, it was written by John Hughes and directed by Harold Ramis, both legends as well. And uh, they really just crushed it on this one in all 
aspects, it, it holds up today, almost 40 years later. Did you say Christy Brinkley? Did you? I forgot. I did okay. not say Christy Brinkley. How dare I, by the way, forget her. Yeah, it's such a great moment. It um it really does hold up like like without any stretch at all. Like it just feels like a totally modern movie. And I you know, Chevy Chase can get on my nerves sometimes because I know Same. everybody hates him. Like and it's hard to but this movie is just it just yeah, it absolutely This slays. is one of the few movies where you just can't You can't help it. You yeah. can't help but just love him in this one. Because it's just such a fucking classic. For me, it's it's the best of the series as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I agree with you there. And it's, you know, I mean, this is, like you said, you couldn't have hit the topic more on the head, I would say. Dude, it had to be done. I, I, I couldn't avoid it. I physically could not avoid it. Think of a vacation movie? Oh, vacation. Yeah, sure. Of course. Anyways, I'm very excited to hear your number one because we could be going in any direction here. And it could be a movie that I... I don't even want to speculate. I just want to hear it. We we're going to classic Mike pick territory. Okay, uh, it feels feels right. Closing out a chapter of the pod, not forever. Don't still not saying forever. Um, but town. What's really funny about this is this is like it's like it's a cult film, but one that hasn't been pushed to me too much over the years. So I never saw it. Then you and I were texting, trying to come up with this. Let's call it final topic. And I was waiting for this movie to start. I was in the theater and the movie hadn't started yet. So it was just a complete coincidence. First time watch jumped to number one on this list as a, it's a road trip movie. Whoa. 1994's The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Oh my God. I've never seen it. This is so classic. <laughs> it's, it had to be. It had to be. Oh my again, God. For a cult movie, like this is one that. I'm a little bit mad that people haven't been pushing it nearly enough over the years. Um, it is uh, so it's starring so Terrence Stamp, who plays a a trans woman, um, and Hugo Weaving and Guy Pierce, who play two drag queens. Oh my god, oh, bro, it's incredible! And they they go on a like a long road trip because um, they're going to do like a so they're in Sydney, um, and you know it's like Sydney's it's a city right so it's very progressive and they all have careers and and hugo weaving guy pierce are like you know they're sort of let's just call it like in the prime of their their drag days and they have great performances and they have like a gig that they work on all the time in sydney and terrence stamp is almost like um someone that kind of like helped found the movement like a legend in the scene and they all decide that they're going to do this um kind of like a residency in like the middle of fucking nowhere outback australia and they buy this bus, which they name Priscilla, um, and they do this road trip um, to go to this gig um, that they end up performing at sort of at the end of the movie. And this this might be, I mean, the only reason I'm not officially saying it is because I just watched it and I need a little time to digest. But this is like one of my favorite movies of all time. Down, I was absolutely blown away at how fucking good this Whoa. is. And I saw it in this little theater that I go to, which is like always empty and it was packed completely full sold out show and it was like you know it was like going to see rocky horror in that sense where like everybody else knew the lines and it was a fantastic experience but this is just i mean it's just non-stop laughs from start to finish but also it's always like it's a movie with just a ton of heart um 
and it's you know the it actually did win the Oscar for costumes, which is it deservingly so. The costumes are amazing. Um, the performances, both like in terms of acting and like the actual drag performances that you see, are incredible. You know, it's a classic road trip movie where you meet a lot of characters along the way, and they get a lot of wacky situations. Um, all three leads are great, and they have their own um, really funny personalities. Uh, and even, you know, this is 94. So as you can imagine, you know, we're talking like outback Australia and these drag queens come running in. There is, you know, a, a, a certain amount of drama that happens, but it never sits in that place. Even when dark things are happening, it never sits there for too long. It always kind of brings you back to the fun. And it's just, yeah, I cannot believe how good this movie is. And and yeah, I'm a little bit like surprised that I don't hear this one talked about more today because it is incredible. Wow. I am mind blown right now. I'm just looking it up. This looks crazy. I need to see this immediately. You, you really do. It's it, it will not disappoint. And I can't even imagine how it played in 94 because it's like it plays super modern today still. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, just wow. Okay. Unbelievable classic Mike pick to close out this chapter. <laughs> Had to be. Had to be. Oh my God. Great lists. Shall we recap them? Let's do it. Go ahead. All right. So I've got at number five, The Way, Way Back. At number four, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. At number three, The Beach. At number two, Eurotrip. And at number one, National Lampoon's Vacation. Okay, I've got number five, Eurotrip slash Midnight in Paris. Uh, Number four, Deliverance. Number three, Spring Breakers. Number two, Cabin Fever. And number one, The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Incredible. Well, as we dive into honorable mentions, I just have to immediately say that there's a certain cult classic, well, at least a cult classic in your and my eyes that we haven't talked about yet, Club Dread. Okay, so the only reason I didn't say Club Dread is because it's mostly focused on the staff that are there, True. right? True. But absolutely, absolutely agree. Like the the actual promos have things about like, like literally on the poster, it's like a vacation to die for. Totally, but you're so yes. right that like it's more focused on this this place and the, these people that work there than like a specific human going on vacation there. Yes, but absolutely would have qualified, I think. It just wasn't for me. But I mean. A yeah, movie incredible. we love, though, and have watched yes. many, many times. Yes, we have. Two that I've just got to drop really quickly. Uh, one would be uh, Midsommar. Midsommar. Oh, shit. I didn't even really consider that. That's a good yeah. call. And love that fucking movie Fuck. and uh, is definitely could be considered within the realm of vacation movies. Um, and then also I wanted to drop, which this is not ultimately the reason I didn't include it is it's not ultimately like definitely a vacation movie. It's sort of like a finding yourself. So it's like sort of part of like his job, but like kind of could be considered a vacation movie. The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. It's like, it's on the line. It's on the line. I liked the movie quite a bit. I still need to see the original, but that surprised me actually with how good it was. Yeah. Very surprising movie. Throw me a couple. All right. So I think the other sort of horrors that I was going to throw out were Us, um, American Werewolf in London, Mm. 
and maybe more of a deeper cut and soon the darkness which is about like two english girls that go to france um but it's it's kind of more of a thriller um Ooh, wait what's it called and soon the darkness it's a really really interesting movie and in how it builds the tension um dirty dancing i think would have potentially qualified i've been talking about true a lot uh your favorite movie the hangover i knew it would be mentioned somewhere <laughs> <laughs> what else what else uh the only other one that i really wanted to shout out was e2 mama tambien oh very nice very thought nice. about it thought about it got close to the list you got any more i do i would say into the wild oh yeah true you know vacation to an extent yeah yeah i'd accept it i guess on that same note although i i for whatever reason look at this a little bit less like vacation and more like a, a journey is is the literal movie wild kind of yeah it's a trip i mean it's it, it could trip. work it could Spication. work i'd accept it yeah oh you know what's a movie that i that i love personally again in holiday spirit the holiday oh that's the netflix one right no 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 this is the one. Oh, the know. holiday the holiday yeah. sorry kate winslet yeah what, what's the one i'm thinking of with emma roberts that you told me to watch that i ended up loving holiday the holiday holiday the holiday yeah sorry yeah the holiday of course the holiday yes and then what else do i've got oh dude this is a vacation movie technically Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Oh, yeah, totally. Definitely. Totally. And you know what? I also have to throw out there uh, Before Sunset. And really, like, that whole, the whole trilogy. trilogy. But I really, you know, the first one really does it for me. Yeah, I guess, you know, would, would you consider Lost in Translation a vacation movie? Well, she's on vacation, right? Yeah, so I guess it counts. Isn't she? Yeah, I think she is. I think it's the guy that she's with that has work there, right? Or something. Yeah, yeah, I think he has work and she's just on holiday and obviously Bill Murray's working as well. Yeah, so yeah, you know, I, it, it made that's me think call. of it for, for whatever reason. There's a lot of movies where people are on vacation. There's a lot that we didn't cover, obviously. There really is. It's a solid plot device, I would say. It is, and you know what? It was very, we, we thought of the topic very much so because of the subject matter of the week with us going away for now, just going on a little vacation little hiatus look we're at episode 88 we've also had some bonus episodes in there we're probably really close to 100 maybe it's pretty fucking crazy man it really is a lot of a lot of memories so many memories should we just like share share some pod memories really quick you know what i love it i i don't have anything prepared but like... <laughs> me either me either do you have any off the top what about when wilder just prepared like i don't even know was it like a dramatic reading was it like a poem i can't even remember now remember about braveheart oh my god. <laughs> i gotta go back and listen to it though. just oh my god i need to go back I'm, and it was like his first pick you know and it was like just meeting wilder and now that i know him a little bit more just perfect perfect i mean speaking of wilder like one of the most epic pod memories ever will be when you were in la and wilder oh. was gracious enough to Incredible. throw literally a podcast party with so many guests of the pod and of course us then recording an increasingly drunken <laughs> bonus episode over the course of the day <laughs> how mad wilder kept getting that i was watching football <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh god, a lot of shouts so to wilder we love you yeah. man freaking oh uh god. and i mean so many unbelievable things like we both met coach because of the podcast we did yeah been such such an honor to have coach on multiple times and and both get to spend time with him in person 
oh my god the fucking dude when we had the outrageously long and convoluted flick 82 episode with kramer oh my god yeah 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 That's, i thought honestly when you said outrageously long and convoluted i thought you were gonna shout out marco uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know, this is something we'll have to get back to whenever the pot restarts. But Marco is even more of a legend than you guys could ever understand from what you recorded on the pot. Truly. That guy is unbelievable. One of my favorite people that I've ever had the pleasure of speaking to for many, many hours. And uh, man, there's there's been so I mean, obviously having Conan from some 41 was a highlight because like we're both fans. But dude, how about still? I think still the biggest cheat of all time on the pod with all of the cheats that we do. No one's ever just stepped onto the pod for the first and only time and just been like every Gerard Butler movie. (laughs) (laughs) Ian, Dr. Action. Oh, God. What a fucking way to open it up. Cracks me up today. That was amazing. What's like another, what's another epic one? I don't know. What about, um, you've done like, I don't know, probably what, three or four episodes with Coach Adam? Just, just you and him? I've done a handful just with him. We've both done at at least a couple with him. Yeah. I love listening to those. I mean, Coach Adam's always a hilarious time. So much back and forth. Film cameos with him was really fun. That, that's one that always sticks out to me. Still, I mean, we said it on this pod. It's fitting, but still like the the only definitive thing that we've ever come up with. Just we agreed. Matt Damon's greatest cameo of all time. It just all couldn't time. be topped. It literally is the only thing that we have absolutely no question. All three people on the pod at that time agreed on. Yeah. Um, oh, my God, dude. How could we not shout? the outrageous Christmas movies episode with, with Alex where you gave 10 Christmas horror films to us while we just gave classics. That was, that was a really fun one actually. That was fun. It was good to meet, meet Chris McKay. Shout out Chris McKay. Patron of the pod. Love that guy. Such a massive shout to Chris McKay. And like, Oh, Chris, Chris and I were actually texting today about just like the pod going on hiatus and you know that he was sad about it but we started like sort of texting top five lists about random shit back and forth and it was cracking me up and, and warming my heart but yeah the, the whole th- thing with chris has just been great because again the pod is sort of what have has made us you know two guys that always knew each other but weren't necessarily close friends it's really made us friends and you obviously became friendly with him as well through the pod so it's just yeah that's been delightful chris when you listen to this let us know did you watch faster pussycat kill kill (laughs) that's what i've been dying to know did you watch it did you watch it um well we've had some classic you know people on that are you know friends with both of us like poss and my brother and casey incredible oh we've had some great times with poss and casey poss with the sports casey with freaking aliens and oh my god the uh under the sea horror films casey i think is the number one like the venn diagram of our favorite movies i think casey and i are like almost the perfect circle which has been oh the closest god. to my taste of any guest i think i fully agree and i know that'll warm her heart and i was just gonna say speaking of just sort of connecting with people caroline oh. on a recent episode and she's you know i think we've said it already but she's launched her own pod 
our own, I mean, Z did the intro. Absolutely incredible. The guy is unbelievable. Unreal. Podcast, the, podcast the man, if you, if you need a podcast jingle, hire him. He is, He's got to do it. He's, he's the best. I he mean, really and speaking of, it's so funny that you bring this up. It's quite serendipitous because, so yeah, Caroline started her own podcast, the Unpurposeful Podcast, and her fifth episode, which dropped the day that we're recording this, so a, a handful of days before the episode's dropping, but I guessed it on her podcast, and it just dropped. A word. Okay. It's her latest app, and it's really fucking fun. We had a blast. Like, if anyone on here that, you know, has ever wanted to hear me talk about non-entertainment stuff, we really dive into kind of my philosophies on life and happiness and, you know, quote unquote career path. And it's it was just such an interesting and, and fun talk. Uh if there's any interest in that type of stuff or you're you're feeling a bit lost in what you want to do with your life, I, I feel like it's a really good listen, her podcast in general. But if you have a connection to this pod, obviously, it could be fun to, to listen to me and Caroline go at it for about an hour. Yeah, totally. Oh, dude, Caroline, that was someone that we haven't talked about. That I mean, there's a few people, but one that I'm going to bring up right now, Rory Cosgrove. An absolute legend. Absolute legend. One of the only other things that you and I have without question agreed on that the greatest episode of the pod. Well, you know, there's so many great ones, but maybe the one that we in our recap episode thought might be the best episode of the pod. Top five Oscar snuffs. With yeah, Roy. that was that got silly. That got absolutely silly. So silly. And I had the honor of recording with him at the barbecue. Oh, my God. You two together at the barbecue. Outrageous. Also, we have to give, you know, amazing shouts to Nick. Remember when Nick came on for Quentin Tarantino oh, yeah. movies? That's true. Yeah. And, oh, that was so fun because we tried a new format. That was great. We have to, of course, give a shout out to Danny Hollywood, a.k.a. Dan Creed. Oh, incredible. Legend. Absolute legend. I mean, you mentioned him already, but one of our favorite human beings on planet Earth, Zach Wexelman. Yeah. That we and sadly only one episode that we got him on for, right? I mean, well, we, we should have had two, but it got infamous lost. lost episode. But honestly, that's another thing, you know, besides meeting all these people, getting to talk to you every week, giving us an active platform to promote Zach's music is another one of the great joys of having the pod. Agreed. And since we've started the pod, not that he wasn't like doing great before, but since we've started the pod, he's just been on an absolute tear. Oh my God, he's killing it. I mean, it's, it's just great. Man, yeah, we love Zach. The fucking jingle on the pod is so epic. And you know what? I think we've gotten to almost everyone, but but I know there's one person that we haven't gone deep in on enough, and we got to give him a big shout because, I mean, not only has he been on some of my favorite episodes of the pod, but he's the man that introduced us to Dennis Coach Jacobs. Dylan, Dylan motherfucking Finnerty. Got a little shout out in this episode due to his love for Women's World. Yep. Which is, yes, he did. I mean, just just amazing. And now it is a second shout. But, oh, man, the Pixar episode with Finn, one of my favorite episodes. Oh, yeah, true, true. And then, of course, the one recently with him and Coach together, the movies of the 2000s. First foursome. Incredible. First foursome and also one of our most listened to episodes. I mean, it was obviously it's recorded. It wasn't live. But, I mean, we on the spot had to react to Will, Will Smith just slapping Chris Rock. <laughs> 
And it was like four in the morning here, and I was just freaking. That was insane. Yeah, you're like, what the fuck is going on? That was literally the craziest thing. But that was so fun also doing it like with Oscars in the background. Dude, so fun. I'm trying to think, like, if we've missed anyone, like, it's been an absolute joy. Oh, you know, it was really cool, even though, like, it was a one-time thing, obviously. But it was really cool and different to do the James Bond episode with TV Trivia Pod. That's true. Yeah, check out TV Trivia Pod. uh, Turning out the apps over there. But it was, that was, of. I mean, it's been great to sort of get an excuse to do all kinds of deep dives for this show, but... I had so many Bond movies that I hadn't seen. So it was definitely fun to go to go through them. And I absolutely loved the new one. So I'm glad I did it all before that. Even just those those first nine episodes that we ever recorded. Oh yeah. And the two the two epi- two episodes that we don't even have up anymore because they were just so outrageous. The the infamous <laughs> lost six hour John so Butler trio <laughs> deep dive. <laughs> And the over three hour Rufus to Soul deep dive, which which is for the people that have been supporting us on our Patreon, they've had a chance to listen to that one. But uh Honestly, we went hard for Australia before anybody else. We really fucking did. We we repped Australia really hard. Still Sold do. It. My number one film today, Australian film. We have a whole episode dedicated to Nicole Kidman. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. Oh, and remember that who's that? Danielle? Those that emailed us. No, no, no. It's um, Kelsey. Fantastic email. What my favorite email like ever. Oh my god, Mike, you're absolutely right, Kelsey. Kelsey, all right. Yes, literally first person that ever sent us an email or like message or anything from someone that we didn't know, and it was an email all the way from Australia about how much she loved the Nicole Kidman episode just epic truly still a highlight for me through all of this yeah absolutely so, such a heartwarming yeah i mean moments that just like happened off pod that like you know really got to me that email and then just the first time when you just like low-key casually sent me the the jingle that zach had prepared it was like it, i mean i was brought to tears it just yeah incredible dude yep those were a couple of the moments for me as well. Man, yeah, I don't even know what else. I think the Cone one was a big a big moment for me too. Yeah, our most listened to episode. Yeah, not surprising given that he has a little bit more reach than we do. Just a little bit, yeah. Yeah, fuck, and now I won't be able to go see them this summer. Oh, uh, you got to get to that tour somehow. I'm going to try to do it here, but... Fuck, man. There's just been so many good memories. And, you know, the most special thing has been doing it with you. Agreed. And we, the only person we, I think we didn't get to shout out, I shouldn't say person, is, is Norm, who occasionally makes an appearance oh. in the pod. I know he's there. I could feel his presence when he's there. Just He loves he loves just hanging out, oh. giving me a little tap just to say, like, oh, yeah, oh. yeah, I like what you said right there. I like what you said love, right love there. Love that guy. Oh. Uh, but that's it. Best. Let's stop reminiscing. The pod is not done. We're going on hiatus. Yes. We've we've done enough. Yeah. Don't want it to make it seem like the pod is dying. This is not yeah. a pod eulogy. No. This isn't a, it sounds like one, but it's not meant it's to be. Just, yeah, it's not meant to be. It's just we weren't expecting a break. So so it's got us a little emotional. But agreed. Agreed. It's a hiatus. In the future, we'll, we will update everyone whenever we know 
what the deal is going to be going forward. But we know that we're not going to be putting episodes out at least for the next couple months. So hiatus, in let's call it summer vacation. Summer vacation is in effect, and we'll talk to you guys soon. We freaking love you. Thank you truly from the bottom of our hearts to everyone so far that has found the podcast, that's been listening. If you haven't, I mean, please go on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. It doesn't take a lot of time, and it'll help us get noticed. And the more and more we get noticed, the more we cannot ignore coming back. So please, if there's anything you can do during our hiatus, that would be it. Share with friends, share with family, and just spread the word on top fives and deep dives because just going to be totally blunt and honest, if this became our primary source of income, there isn't any reason we're not doing this as our that primary means, yeah, focus. That would, be, that would be legendary. That would indeed. But more, more than anything, it's, it's, a, it's a labor of love and it's been so much fun. So we can't wait to, in the future, get back to it. But until then... Thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, Mike, is there anything else you want to say? No, no. I think you. I mean, I think you said it. I just, you know, unbelievable the amount of people that listened. You have no idea what it means to us. We we love you guys, and as we always say, we're gonna let one of our favorite people, Zach Wexelman, take us out of this with real Topeka people just throwing down a jingle. We'll see you guys soon. Top fives and deep dives with Tad and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Tad and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Tad and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Tad and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese, followed by Quentin. Best team in all the land. Woohoo!